Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So, you know, I was thinking today, um, mm-hmm. like back when I went to this Halloween party in 2008 at L. And that was the same year The Dark Knight came out, and there were three guys dressed up as the Joker at that party. Okay. Like, three different dudes. It made me realize, like, what's going to be that costume this year? And I feel like it's going to be, like, the She-Hulk. I bet we're going to see a lot of She-Hulks this year. Oh, yeah. Jade Cargill already did it. Already, yeah. That's what made me think that. What are some some other popular Halloween costumes for this year? (laughs) Well, uh... (laughs) So uh, when I was thinking about that, apparently there's a, a TikTok filter that can turn you into the She-Hulk. Oh shit! Do you want to see a picture of me as the She-Hulk? Sure. <laughs> that is the sexiest woman with a mustache I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's fucking wild, isn't that it? That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. See, I thought you were driving it some sort something else, but no, you just wanted to show us that picture, you didn't you? She-Hulk picture. Yeah, it cracked me up today. Well, now you're gonna have to tweet it out since it's the beginning of our episode. So, is it just your face, or it, 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 you can do the rest of your body? But like, I think it's supposed to change your eye color and give you like makeup and shit. Brett, if you can get green balls and send them to Tim. Yeah, let me let me she hulk make it my ho- she hog my hog. <laughs> you should have submitted that for your manscape dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, you could probably get pretty weird with that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 81. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Randa. What's up? Hey, uh, normal intro there, and we've got a guest right from the top. We're getting right into it. Uh, joining us from the number one podcast on Pornhub, smacking it raw, our good friend, Matt. Don't call me Riddle, Ritter. Ritter. Damn straight. How are yeah. you, sir? Welcome to the Doing Brain good. Buster Boys. Hell yeah. I'm glad we got to get this together and make this happen. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, overdue. I go, I was on your show, what, about a month and a half ago or so? Roughly, yeah. One yeah. of my favorite episodes. So Awesome. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun spitting and swallowing and all all the lot. All, all, all the things we stuff. do on Pornhub. Yes. Yeah, all, all the sex things. Yeah. But that we had kind of connected a little before that through this Twitter group that we're a part of with other podcasters, but we hadn't really done anything directly. It was all with chats with 15 people. So I think 
you know, we got to kind of connect a little further. And then you started listening to some of our narrative based episodes. Mm, and then which I is know... fucking fantastic. <laughs> thank, well, yes. thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And I, I jump in and I, I told you it reminded me of like Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um, you guys going back in time. And then I'm talking to, I actually talked to both of you through DMs. Yeah. And uh, Brett gave me a list of like key marquee episodes to go back for narrative stuff and listen to. So I've gone mm-hmm. back and I've listened to that stuff, the book of Turner, all of that. And okay. It's all entertaining as shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so you did go back. Yeah. What, what are some of kind of like your highlights if you did listen to all that? <sighs> stuff because <laughs> it's been quite the journey that uh, yeah. we've been on it it's really hard to pick a highlight because as i'm listening to it especially with all of the because like we're uh, we are very bare bones when it comes to podcasting my co-host just added mm. some sound bites and stuff in during our live streams for the last mm. episode but like i literally would do what kind of we did before we started going live where i'd do a zoom link i'd talk have guests on and then i'd send that recording to someone and then they do all of the editing and I didn't have to fuck with any of it. So I'm listening to it and all of the noises and the voices and the, the backwards speaking and Mm -hmm. all of the stuff that you guys edit into those episodes. It's like kind of being on an acid trip while driving, listening to a podcast. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, no, we definitely kind of uh, went for that and for the bill and Ted thing too. I know um, what was it in one of your DMS or maybe uh, it was a text you sent me, Brad uh, from you Ritter, but, uh, it was um like you're talking about like who's sort of Rufus and I I had explained to like multiple people I was like mm-hmm. okay so you're, you're like gonna be like the George Carlin role here and neither uh, Melinda d- didn't know who it was who, who played Shelby and I don't think Poppy knew who it was mm-hmm. did he not no. yeah not, knew so I was just like I was going for that neither of the voice actors had any idea what they were going for <laughs> but you know it, it was like you know driving somewhere without a GPS or a map but somehow they fucking made it you well, know they did a fantastic yeah. job and like yeah. I said. I, I felt like uh, in the alternate timeline, there was a little bit of uh, uh, issue between Bo and Brett over Shelby that Bo had a little bit of unrequited love for Shelby. That that was what I took away from that. So yeah, and, uh, no, and it was real- a really cool journey. Yeah. And I got the I got the marrier, so yeah, and meet okay. the real and, and meet the real one. The real one showed up at the <laughs> yeah. bar one night. Yeah, so like right after that episode came out, I ran into the real Shelby at a bar in Louisville who I hadn't seen in, I don't know, five years maybe. And I'm like, hey, you were just a big focal point of one of our major <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? And uh, sent it to her, and she's like, man, this is a trip, like hearing someone play me at a real a thing that really happened. So uh, she had some qualms about some of the She's like, that, that's not me. I'm like, hey, it's fictional to some degree. Yeah, yeah, to some know. degree. Oh, she listened to it? Yes, yeah, she listened to it. Oh, yeah, wow. so you need to talk to her about that. <laughs> she oh, had she... some, some, like, take it up with Bo if you got issues. Oh, but... take out all me, huh? <laughs> but, yeah, so that was interesting because, yeah, the timing of that was just hilarious. But mm. um... Wow, I can't believe she listened to it. Yeah, I mean, I sent okay. it to her and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you'll have to you'll have to talk to her sometime. Yeah. But yeah, that <laughs> also. Was- so I listen to majority of my podcast audio. Like I, we do video. I know a lot of people like video, but I drive a lot, so I'm listening to podcasts as I'm driving. Most people listen to music. I have podcasts on constantly, which helps me burn through a lot of stuff because I'm driving most of my work shift and all that. And uh, I I did not expect Bo to look like Johnny Depp. So no, you're not you're not the only person like like I, I've I've gotten that 
fuck um for like the last two years like especially like like it definitely spiked during the uh the amber heard trial you know so then i had to always be like well yeah you know but but um well i i really liked you in nightmare on elm street love horror movies you were fantastic so mm. well that's also similar when you first saw the picture of me when i was in chicago and it was Nick from the UW pod who was the really short one. And I'm six foot three. And I think you yeah. thought it was going to be the opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. I had no idea Brett was as tall as he was. I, I figured he was average height. I didn't think he was yeah. a fucking giant. And Nick, for whatever reason, the way he mounts his camera and yeah. the way he looks, he looks like he's kind of a, like a tall, skinny dude. And then I saw the picture and he's like five foot four and Brett's like six foot six. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? Well, and I felt bad because when we turned the corner or I turned the corner at the hotel bar and met, it was Nick and Bakley for the first time. And Nick kind of got up and we're approaching each other. I'm like, fuck, you're short. <laughs> it was like the first thing I said to him. I'm well, like, hey, just... good to meet you, brother. Yeah, and it's always the extremes, too, because it was like Chad. Everyone was like, Chad, 6'3". We were like, Chad, 6'3". Yeah. You know? yeah, but Chad's you know, a pretty tall guy. Yeah, and then Chad even... and I are like the same height, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always like either extremes. You have the Chad and then you have the Micah. You know, mm -hmm. the Micah, the Nick, the Derek. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, so it's been a joy I, meeting all these people in real life. But yeah, go ahead. I love Bakley, by the way, but I, just, I, I envision you meeting Nick and Nick hugging you around your knees where he could reach. And then uh, Tim dry humping your leg for like an hour before you guys got to leave somewhere because that definitely I don't happened. know if you know about the relationship between Brett and Tim. He doesn't really. <laughs> I thought I've had some romances, but. <laughs> This oddly sexual, we met one time and we may live together for the rest of our lives if Tim ever leaves his wife thing that they have going on in yeah. the group chat. It's something else. It says some Discord, huh? No, I'd um, say maybe some, some, yeah, dick, yeah. some dick sword. Some dick yeah, no, sword. it's just a lot of Tim talking about Brett's giant penis. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, he calls me Big Dick Brett on the Wrestling Index is how he introduces Yeah. Me, which came from that one of those pictures from Chicago where I'm lounging back at the hotel and yeah. You can see a little hog poking through my short. I mean, not really, but the outline. Oh, no, it was so peeking not, out. It said hi. I'm not pulling an Antonio Brown here. And I had to look that up Johnson. this morning. I, I know, I, like, my fantasy football group chat is, like, you know, unbelievable. About this, and I was like, I got to look at it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah mine was just, I, I had some tight shorts on, and you could see what's underneath. But <laughs> Antonio Brown, that's some next level shit right yeah. there. I mean, it's like he acts sort of like how like a, a if you gave like a middle school kid like that adult body and that amount of money, you know, <laughs> and I guess maybe a hint of CTE, whatever, you know, like, yeah. And then everyone was saying, too, um, there was this um, and I've heard this, too, about uh, the perfect hit. Um, oh, yeah. And th that had the perfect hit. He was never the same again. And I'm just yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Know? That's I mean, literally everyone I've heard talk about was like that ruined him like yeah that that's what it was so. well, that also ruined the Bengals for a while too yeah it really <laughs> it really did so yeah. we'll we'll take that but uh yeah so before we kind of get into the meat here which i haven't really said what it is uh ritter you got anything else you want to add about you obviously at the end your we'll kind of talk about more of your show plug your shit but uh anything you want to get in here um <laughs> I mean, I can say most for when we plug, I'm, I, I, I talk really fast and I plug really quick and I, I do have something actually I'm shooting on Tuesday that I'm really excited about. So I'll plug that too. But, uh, other than that, if you are not familiar with me, yeah. um, I swear a lot and I make as many sexual euphemisms as I can because we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. So hopefully 
I make these guys laugh and we have a damn good time. There we go. That, uh, there it is, <laughs> baby. We're, we're, um, um, if we have time to, where did the idea for your show come from? Cause it's very unique. Okay. So I actually yeah. got asked this, uh, in the post show of the last show we did, uh, by our guests, um, Wednesday night wallop. So when, when we started smacking around, we weren't on Pornhub. Um, my buddy Travis said that you know, he had been doing podcasting. He was doing uh, media podcasting for like movies, TV shows, stuff like that. And I'd known Travis since third grade. And then another friend of mine who had been working with him because they both went to like college for this stuff. Like this is not something I went to school for, learned anything about. It's just I talk and I like talking and hearing myself sure. talk. And apparently people like hearing me talk. So it worked out. But. I get bothering them. I'm like, hey, let me come on the podcast. Like, hey, it's October. I, you guys, I love horror movies. You guys don't know horror. Like, I can come and talk. Like, and they would not let me on. They're like, listen, we're trying to make something out of this. You have like a day job. Like, we're taking this seriously. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fine. So finally, I wore Travis down. I'm like, listen, John doesn't watch wrestling. You guys don't have a wrestling podcast. I'm the only one that you know that ta- watches wrestling like that. Let's do this. And he said, because it's kind of just our humor is, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to call it Smack and Raw. So we looked and there wasn't another podcast named Smack and Raw that was doing anything. So we're like, all right, cool. So we took that and made it. And then. Then for most, because Travis was not supposed to be on every week, Mm -hmm. uh, it started to feel like work for him. So he said he didn't want to do it anymore he's like i don't like watching this and it feeling like a job to have to come and talk about it i'm like i get that so yeah me and travis are doing it on just to like have fun especially during the pandemic i started throwing out ridiculous shit like i'm like hey we should start a wrestling dating website called one fall where you just enter in all of your favorite matches and wrestlers and it matches you up with some girl or probably another fucking dude because it'll all be guys on there <laughs> that has your same interest and maybe you get a best friend out of it like who knows or uh pogs on pogs fat ass white girls on pogs let's bring pogs back you know <laughs> 80s are popular uh wrestling inspired dildos like who wouldn't want the big red machine in their bedroom like <laughs> shit like that and one of the know. things that out yeah there, and it's the only one he actually picked up on was i i spend a lot of time on Pornhub. i'm not gonna lie um mm-hmm. I had noticed like people were posting video like clips of them playing video games and shit on Pornhub. I'm like, well, if they can do that, I can put a podcast on Pornhub. And I said, yeah. Travis, put the podcast on Pornhub and we can call ourselves the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub because nobody else is doing it. Yeah. And if somebody else decides to do it and it kicks off, we'll still always be the first wrestling podcast on Pornhub. So like it's a win-win. And we can market ourselves as that. And yep. he's like, actually, that is the one good idea I think you've really had that I'm gonna go with. And he did. <laughs> So all of Creation World's podcasts are now on Pornhub. You can go on Pornhub and watch Travis and Mara talk. Now what they call Creation Comics, it was just DC, TW Universe stuff, but now they're getting into like the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus and all of that. Hear me talk about wrestling. We do a House of Dragons podcast. Uh, they had hashtag them thrones. Now it's hashtag them dragons. So we do that as a recap every Sunday. And then like I said, I'll be dropping a new one on Tuesday that we'll talk about at the end of the show. I'll save it. Hell yeah. Well, that is a, a, a wonderful answer to that question. Is, and yeah. uh, like, I and wonder I, if Pornhub has like um, some sort of system where it's like when they like screen your videos, is it like, you know, does it scan the, you know, how like normal like YouTube videos scan it for like profanity and obscenity and nudities? Like, because every time you upload a, a video to YouTube, there's like a check that runs through it that scans for, you know, 
anything we that actually flagged yeah. have been flagged on Pornhub once. Oh, and okay. Yeah. I think it was the content of what we I, we were talking about. I might have been talking about like killing somebody. So like it had to have been something like that. But I'm like, what the hell could I have done on Pornhub? Pornhub. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This does not belong here. We can't have this. But we have been flagged on Pornhub before. So, yeah, yeah. And I kind of wonder if their video check thing scans for like genitalia. If, if the video doesn't have genitalia, get it. Yeah, out. yeah, it has well, to have genitalia. Yeah, yeah, that cannot be the case because we have a shit ton of videos on there, and I'm the only dick on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, let's get to uh, what we're gonna do today, which interestingly enough became very topical, as we often like to get on this show. So, through interacting with Ritter, you know, in on these live streams and the group chat, whatnot, I came to learn that he was not too fond of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, whether fan that fiction. was fan or AKA fan fiction, as he calls it. And um, so he would constantly kind of drive into it. And if I was talking about it, you wouldn't shit on it. But like he, for example, you have names for everyone. Mm-hmm. So what what's your name for Kazuchika Okada here? Katsukuchi Uganda. Katsukuchi <laughs> Uganda and one of my favorites Tetsuya Naito Titty Suernado Titty Suernado he yeah. could go on and on and on um so I called Cabana Cole Cabana <laughs> yeah cuz he's he's American so that's and, and see it's not necessarily about that either it's it's not just mispronouncing the Japanese names um if I've seen them on WWE TV or now eight uh, if I started doing it before they showed up on AEW, it stays the same. But if they were on AEW or WWE before I started doing this whole thing, like Shinsuke, Shinsuke is Shinsuke. Like, yeah, I, I grew to love him in NXT, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I don't have a name for Shinsuke. If if asked, I will come up with something. But generally, it's just New Japan wrestlers specifically. You will because- be asked since we are reviewing a Shinsuke Nakamura New Japan match. So I should have thought about that. Get ready. So, you got I time. Will, uh, you got a little time here. Yeah, I got a little time. <laughs> But essentially what it is, is as a wrestling fan who majorly, especially within the last few years, has just kind of watched WWE. And then I started watching AW. You always hear these people and they're like, oh, well, you know, New Japan, it's so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better. And I tried sitting down and watching some stuff and I'm like, okay, so this is as good as a lot of the good matches that I see in WWE, especially once NXT started. But I don't think it's better. So that's why I call it fan fiction, because fans have created this fiction that this is the greatest professional wrestling you can find anywhere in the world. And it only exists in new Japan on top of the fact that guys that I've heard so much about, like Kenny Omega and the bucks come on and it's like, Oh, best bout machine. And I watch them. I'm like, you kind of fucking suck in AEW. Like I'm not really entertained by your character or your in-ring work. Who is this person that everyone talked to me about? And they're like, Oh, you gotta go watch me in new Japan or Hulk Hogan. Everyone's like, I, I think Hulk Hogan shit. And everyone's like, well, if you go watch me in New too. Japan, it's like, what is it about New Japan <laughs> that makes everyone so like even Hulk Hogan with three moves is such a better wrestler over there? It's fan fiction. That's what it is. There you go. Um, so by all means, here we are today. And I wanted to review three different New Japan matches. But before we get into that, obviously would be remiss. The New Japan founder and legend Antonio Inoki passed away yesterday, October 1st. Again, makes this very topical. Uh, We were going to be doing this anyway. So uh, just another weird thing that happens in our world uh, here. But um, 
Bo, I know I sent you a couple links of Enoki stuff, and I don't know if you read anything about him. I did. But... Yeah, I went to the Wikipedia. Um, okay. Yeah, from, from, you... from, well, from the just seemed like, you know, he was kind of a big athlete, I guess, someone who like represented Japan as a country, mm-hmm. just like not just in ring, but, you know, he had fight with Muhammad Ali, yep. which was international attention, did a lot of stuff in North Korea and then was involved in politics. Yeah. So again, so... you know, like seemed like some sort of like one of those athletes that was very they kind of like how Olympic athletes are. They're, they're transcended you know, the sport. Yeah, they, they, and they, it they, is a sport. Over they're there. more associated with the country and like kind of the, the national identity versus just simply um, whatever sport they play. For sure. Yeah. Founded New Japan in 1972. Like you said, had a famous fight with Muhammad Ali. Um, now, there's some funny shit from Inoki. Um so there's a clip of people like he's such a legend. There's a line of people up the ramp that just wanted to get slapped in the face by him. Did, did either of you see? Mm-hmm. Did he really do it, though? Oh, yeah. He's just hammering people one after the other. after the other. Yeah, no, I saw something. <laughs> it was a tweet where it was like uh, everyone in heaven wants Antonio Noki gets there. And it was the video of him just slapping yeah. people, people lining up to get slapped by him. It's amazing. I don't know how or why that started, but then another one. Did you watch the Bill Burr one? I oh said yeah, you? I watched. I watched the Bill Burr one with the great Antonio, who is this big fat guy that basically wasn't selling anything Anoki was doing, and then Anoki just fucking loses it on him and actually beats the shit out of him and yeah. knocks him out. So yeah. that's the kind of guy we're talking about here. And lastly, one that I'd never seen that just really geeked me out. It was Doc Gallows against some Japanese guy I'd never heard of from years ago. And Inoki thought the match sucked so bad that he came from the back himself and told the ref to ring the bells because he, he couldn't watch that trash. So an interesting man indeed. He also almost sank the company in like the late 90s, well, more early 2000s because he got so into MMA himself and kind of were doing... New Japan was doing more shoot fighting and Mirko Krokop, who was a legit fighter, knocked out Yuji Nagata, who was that New Japan champ in like under 30 seconds. Bad look for the company all around uh, until Hiroshi Tanahashi really dug him out. But um, the man is a legend, founded one of, if not my favorite wrestling promotions ever, but um before we dig in Ritter I also want you to say you said this on when I was on your show about the different flavors of wrestling you know how you know sometimes like WWE's got a flavor NXT's its own flavor AEW's its own flavor New Japan so it's like while you may not like New Japan while they that might not be your favorite flavor it is one of mine, and I think you can at least respect and understand oh, that. yeah th- and even if that's why even if it's not your cup of tea that's why I never shit on New Japan. Like, yeah, I'm never going to say they exactly. suck, they're terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to do that because everyone, like, I'm big into horror movies. My favorite characters are, like, The Undertaker, The Fiend. They're very much more character-driven than they are in-ring. That's what I like in wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the reason why I'm not a huge fan of New Japan. Like, we'll talk about it, but some of these matches, great matches, but if you're not a fan and you don't know the wrestlers and you're not watching the entire tournament, the epicness of the match doesn't necessarily come off whereas if there was a package that showed me that you know uh colt cabana was banging 
his opponent, whose name I'll say for when we get into it, uh, his wife or something. And that's why this match. Then I'm like, okay, now I know why they're fighting and now I can get invested. Now I've got a little something like there's a little story there. There's, there's a little drama. I like, I like the soap opera of wrestling more than the, I appreciate the actual wrestling. I love a good match. But I, I watch it for the soap opera, which is also why I loved you guys' show. Because, <laughs> yes, everyone talks about wrestling, but I got soap opera in a fucking wrestling <laughs> review. Like, it was mm-hmm. wrestling wrapped in a soap opera <laughs> bun. It was fantastic. That's why I thought it was so cool. But uh, so I'm never going to shit out and say, no, you're still like, I might shit on a wrestler because I don't like them. Yeah. But I'm never going to shit on a company or a product or say, you're dumb for liking this because it's not true. Like. I might like to watch, you know, Angela White, and you may be a Sarah J fan. I don't think Sarah J is particularly attractive, but hey, if that's what you're into, do your thing. I am a Sarah J fan. See, there you go. <laughs> no, again, I think that's just a great way of putting it. And everyone watches wrestling for different reasons and gets different things out of it. And I talk to you like, you know, I, of course, love the soap opera of it. And, you know, everything that was going on in the Attitude Era, I still rewatch that shit all the time. Uh, but as I've gotten older, I have grown to appreciate the in-ring work, the matches themselves without, you know, even if not having any story, like I can sink into it and the work and the art behind it. And that's what really gets me off. Um, but of course, if you get everything kind of mixed into one and like with this Osprey Okada match, like you said, you had no basis. You had no context really other than knowing, hey, this is the G1 final and this is a big deal. But if you knew their whole story and the fact that Osprey was one and six against Okada without a clean victory, you know, that kind of adds to it all, of course. I will say the commentators did help a lot with that, at least yeah, the commentators yeah. for that match. They did a great job laying in a lot of the groundwork Charlton, that I didn't have. Chris Charlton, who is the color commentator, is so good. Now, while his voice kind of sounds hilarious and I love him, he's great at building that backstory as he kind of did it when Okada or Osprey was coming out, when Okada was coming out. And I think Kevin Kelly did a good job on the Abushi Nakamura match as well, kind of talking, you know, about how Abushi viewed him as a god and things of that sort. Maybe you didn't pick up on it all, but it wasn't. No, I, I did. I just, every time I hear Kevin Kelly, I think of The Rock calling him Hermie. <laughs> and it, that immediately, I, I, I almost interrupt you. You mean Hermie? Why don't you tell Bo about that? Who's Hermie? Uh, Kevin <laughs> Kelly. So Kevin Kelly worked for WWF for a while, and The Rock, for whatever reason, decided that Kevin Kelly was a hermaphrodite. And every time he would inter- interview him, he would interrupt him and say, call him Hermie. And that's how he referred to him. So he was Hermie for... Yeah months while 1999 for you yeah oh yeah attitude era like oh this was like peak rock like he would just own the backstage interviewers whether it be michael cole or kevin put t-shirts over their faces and just have them hold the yeah so you don't have to look at them and prime rock shit there like one of my favorites i it's not an exact quote he's like hey michael cole nice shirt 25 cents (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just naming how cheap all the shit that he had was but yeah, so Kevin Kelly, for a lot of WWE fans back in the day, that is what they remember him for, because he was never really a lead commentator. He was just kind of the backstage guy who, as I said, would get shit on by The Rock. So from Ritter's point of view, he can't take Kevin Kelly seriously. So <laughs> no, that's understandable. Um, but um, shall we get into it here, gentlemen? Yep. 
Let's get it. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. So you should join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB. And instead of Beaumont, I've got a special guest here. That is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you are brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you can use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside the 10-part Platinum Package, sorry, Dusty is having a hard time. That is a lot of peas for him. <laughs> Everything you know and love about the Performance Package Plus, more peas. Some shower goodies included in included to elevate your grooming game to the Platinum level. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer features proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof so you can keep scraping even as the weather is changing. In addition to shaving, you can now complete up, completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. You'll have your skin and your hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh, baby. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. And don't worry, it's not pumpkin spice. It's cologne for quality fragrance. But we shouldn't save a signature scent for our pits. Use Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to make sure your go-to smell is top shelf and not sweated balls. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their premium platinum package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes and the Shed travel bag, both Especially made to hold your goodies. Get the platinum package this fall. These products are guaranteed to be hits for your dangly bit. Yeah, the peas tripped me up too, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, with that, go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB. That's 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code BBB. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunks. Time to shine. And as always, your balls. Well, thank you. You know they're referring to a boner when they talk about the tree trunk. Yep. Yep. Okay, so the three matches that I selected, I kind of wanted to give you a different flavor of New Japan, so to speak. So yeah, picked uh, one that I called kind of an epic style match, at least to me, not you. Uh, one more of the stiff, kind of hard-hitting match on a big stage, and then a straight-up comedy match. So um, our, well, we'll start. We're going to in a roundabout way. You created Superman ice cream. <laughs> Mm -hmm. about that mm -hmm. yeah so we'll go chronologically no starting yeah oh yeah there you go yeah, with mm -hmm. uh 
Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom 9 in 2015. And then we will go into Toru Yano against Colt Cabana from the New Japan Cup in 2019. Figured Colt Cabana's been in the news so much lately that that was a good one to go with. And Yano, uh, always a hoot. And then lastly, our epic style match, this year's G1 Climax 32 final between Kazakuchi Uganda and William Osprey. So we are going to start with Nakamura Bushi, Wrestle Kingdom 9. One of the more, it's definitely one of the more famous New Japan matches. This was one of the, at the time, probably the biggest New Japan show because it was the first one to be simulcast in America. Uh, Jim Ross was actually on the call for this event with, I think, alongside Matt Stryker, actually. So this was kind of the first time they were really trying to appeal to, you know, the U.S. audience on a grand scale. So um, you have Nakamura, the King of Strong Style, Intercontinental Champion. You know, he's done it all in New Japan. He's a year prior from going to WWE here against Ibushi, who had never been, you know, he'd never been signed full-time to New Japan yet. He had always referred to Nakamura and Tanahashi as his gods, and he's trying to overcome one of them here. Um, Ritter, I always have Bo kind of give his initial thoughts since this is all kind of new territory for him and definitely new and, uh, maybe interesting, maybe not interesting territory for you. But before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts, what did you think of this match? Uh, did I say make me more versus Dakota is bushy? Um, <laughs> let's see. So, like I said, I got to see Shinsuke in NXT mm -hmm. and because of that I was used to that style of match that he brought the king of strong style down in NXT it, it softened in WWE yeah so for sure there was nothing here that really surprised me from him how now ever Dakota's bushy which by the way for whatever reason in my head physically I confuse him and Uganda or Okada whatever you call him all the time <laughs> um I I always think that it is Katsukuchi and Kenny that were the golden lovers and I know it's not it was him ah. and Bushi yeah. uh Dakota's Bushi so it was weird watching both of them and being like okay so that's actually who you are and I thought yeah. you were the other I got you. um I mean I enjoyed it, it was a good match I enjoyed the match overall like it, it was a fun strong style match Dakota's Bushi did some really cool shit uh yeah. in the match um IC title match which was dope there are some things about the wrestling uh, that I have questions about that I'm sure we'll get in when we get in notes and bolts and that I did not enjoy. But uh, overall, I mean, was this right before Shinsuke went to NXT? A year before. So the, year the before. following year, Wrestle Kingdom 10, he fought AJ Styles in another outstanding match. I thought about maybe choosing that one, but I figure we'd get Japan on Japan there. Yeah. Um, so then he left like right after that. So yeah, it was about... 13 months away from going to NXT here. I appreciate actually watching a match with two Japanese wrestlers from New Japan wrestling each other because everyone else had white guys. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wanted to have two Japanese guys. So Gaijin. Gaijin. Um, did you now did you say the name for Nakamura that you blew through, or do you have one uh, yet? No, I did. I said uh did I say it or uh you said say it very quickly. What mm -hmm. is it? Should I say make me Mora? <laughs> <laughs> So what was the one that you tripped me up on that I thought, oh, Shingo Takagi was bingo, you got me. 
Yeah. And I thought he meant that I got him as in I stumped him, but that was the name was Bingo. Yeah. You got you me. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, what did you think? Uh, just kind of off the cuff here. You know, uh, interesting enough, I feel like this match was more the match I would have expected out of Osprey and Okada. Interesting, interesting enough. Yeah, I thought this, like, uh, uh, not to go, get too far into that, but, but while that one was a lot more grounded and map-based, surprisingly, with Osprey, because usually, and I get in, like, New Japan, too, you don't want to, like, people are used to that skill set so much that I get, that like, when you do a match out of New Japan where people don't know who he is, you want to kind of use that real vertical, springy skill set he had. But yeah, I mean, especially Nakamura too. I don't think we've seen two. I mean, he w- he was in NXT when we were WWE, right? He was in WWE. Oh, he was NXT. so. He, oh, so he was he was on, yeah. on Raw or something. But we, we haven't Raw. seen much of his matches no. since we've kind of been reviewing this. So, which was another reason I wanted to pick that because I know Ritter's obviously seen him in uh, WWE NXT, and yeah, and I I don't think we've reviewed an Abushi match, or if we have, it's no. been quite a while. No, so. both of, yeah, both of these guys were you know at least seemed unfamiliar to me. But no, I mean, I, w- I was pretty entertained. It was a lot, like I said, a lot more, especially when you throw like an Osprey match in there. I think that's going to be the more up and down, like vertical one. And this one was more of that, you know. And then I guess, you know, with the kind of three that you put out in front of me, that surprised me a little bit. Bushi can fly when he yeah. wants to fly. And he did that perfectly executed triangle moonsault out of the corner. But yeah, kind of. So I mentioned Ibushi. He had never been full time in New Japan, but had always, you know, been in the mix. He'd had an incredible match with Nakamura in the 2013 G1, which Nakamura also won. So this was kind of the sequel to that on the biggest stage. Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania of New Japan, of course. Um, and yeah, these two guys just went to war, absolutely slugged it out for 20 minutes. Um, and yeah, by the end, you know, when you get the flip, the switch flip, when Ibushi was getting kind of kicked in the head and he just starts smiling, mm-hmm. they call that murder Ibu. And once that happens and he started doing the open palm strikes right to the head and it started getting physical and nasty yeah. from there. But Ritter, I wanted to hear questions that you had and maybe some things that you didn't <clears throat> like that you mentioned. I've never liked this about Shinsuke Nakamura. Good vibrations is a stupid fucking man. And they <laughs> yeah. both did it. It's an odd yeah. name, too, you know. I, yeah, I get it, thought. but yeah, just like sticking your foot in someone's throat and then having an orgasm in the middle of the ring is <laughs> odd to me. I, I don't understand it. Uh, but I, like I said, this is as good as any of my favorite matches from a takeover. So honestly, yeah. of the three matches you had me watch, this was probably my favorite. And okay. like I said, I like Shinsuke Nakamura. It, if I were to sit down and I were to watch Gianna Michaels, I know I'm going to get a good show. I'm a big, big Gianna Michaels fan. Yeah. As am I. Yeah. <laughs> and depending on the partner, I may get a little something more than I was expecting. And I got that with Dakota's Bushy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Red Shoes. Yes. Is that his name or is that a position? Because I, in my mind, I want to believe that when you get to be like senior referee, like Earl Hebner status, you get the red, you get the red shoes. <laughs> it's like becoming a referee black belt. So please just tell me that I'm correct and it's not his name. You're not correct. I that wish. Is you, I wish they should you make were. that a thing. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I, I, I like that idea. Yeah, on <laughs> yeah. those red shoes too, they look like bowling shoes. They're very Ronald McDonaldy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, they're 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 not you know like a nice like red Nike or sneaker. They're very like. At best, Chucks at worst bowling shoes, you know. So he is yeah. the father of Shota Umino. If you know who that is, he was on Forbidden Door. He's kind of been in the mix a little. So he's a New Japan guy, but he's he fought Pack for the All-Atlantic title. Anyway, that's Red Shoes' son. 
Yeah, his last name is Uno, but yeah, I think he just always wore the red shoes. And once he got to that senior position, that's all he's been known as. But God, your idea is so much better. Oh yeah, they should make it a thing in New Japan where, like, if you become a senior referee, you get red shoes. Yeah, you are yeah. now the red shoes. You get maybe the af- maybe referee. after he retires, maybe that'll become a thing to, yeah. to honor. That'd him. be dope. Yeah. yeah, like a show of respect. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Shinsuke's finisher. I know it as the Kinshasa. Yeah. Uh, were they baloney? Is that what he was calling? <laughs> Bo- Boma yay. Boma yay. Boma It's the yay. same thing though, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like in wrestling, everyone does a knee and everyone calls it something different. It's yeah. like, no, you just fucking hit him with the knee. It's not yeah. a V trigger. It's not a Kinshasa. It's not Kinshasa! running knee. You yes. ran your knee into his face. Congratulations. Correct. Yes, it was uh, a last running shot knee. or whatever the fuck Adam Cole calls oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. B trigger, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chase Owens has the C trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, the a finish pretty abrupt. Um, but obviously they'd kind of been through everything already. Oh, yeah. Tons of big strikes, and yeah, he. I loved so at you know second to last kind of move. He hits the boma yay or knee from the second rope to the back of Abushi's head, and he completely fucking no sells it and just gets back up smiling again. So that's a common kind of thing in New Japan that you saw in this match and in Okada Osprey, where the no selling happens, but it's more of just like a ah, like fighting spirit fire up, and then you know ultimately yeah. whether you you get one over or you go back down. Yeah. It's something that Hulk Hogan lended to wrestling that hasn't died yet. So <laughs> I'm with you. I do not like Hulk Hogan, but it it works for me in this just because it's a different. And... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and we've seen that in NXT. Like they've done stuff like that in NXT, and obviously this is where they pulled it from. Some yeah. of those guys, or a lot of those guys, have either influenced by that style of wrestling or have gone over there and wrestled. So. It was cool, but it was, uh, again, when everyone tells me, you got to go watch New Japan, the wrestling, like, I want to go in and sit down and see something that is just going to blow my mind. It's something I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't, I don't understand how Will Ospreay is a better wrestler than Seth Rollins, because to me, they're both really good at what they do. And I see them on fairly equal tiers or, Mm -hmm. you know, Jay I don't think that anyone is doing anything from any of the matches I've been told to go see and watch. And I've caught, like I said, glimpses of new Japan here. They're like uh, Omega versus Jericho and stuff like that. And everyone's like, Oh my God, this is the best. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was a good match, but it didn't blow my mind as like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And now we're getting matches like this from wrestle kingdom mm-hmm. on dynamite between Daniel Bryan and Daniel Garcia. Like, yeah. So. You're not wrong. Yeah, wrestling. I mean, I think that's kind of what AEW is definitely more of a New Japan style than WWE, of course. So, yeah, they will go out and have bangers like this. And Mm -hmm. it is, I think, also a sign of the times of how much wrestling has changed in the last seven years where, like I said, this match does not hold up nearly as well today as it did when it happened then Mm -hmm. because but you just mentioned it. We see this now. Granted, mm-hmm. I think this is another level, and I think they did take the violence further than what you'll see on TBS every week, but similar style of what's going on. And, you know, again, if you did kind of know the personal history and had seen their previous match, like it's a nice sequel, but mm-hmm. out of context, you have it. So 
they do lay their shit in and i do appreciate that because that is one thing that is definitely like while you do still see a guy go off the top rope and the guy's just standing there waiting to catch him it is what it is when they're striking it looks like they're really trying to beat the shit out of each other which is something that's kind of gone away in recent years and and that's what i'm slowly coming back to so much like that that aspect to me is one major reason why i love new japan is of course i don't want anybody to get hurt but they certainly make it seem, look, feel, sound more real, especially from the striking standpoint than any other rest. Well, not pro wrestling Noah, which is another Japanese one. They do it better than anyone. But uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. And again, for me, I just never seen anything like it when I started really getting into this. And now, like I said, it's what gets me going. How and, long did it take you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I guess. No. no, you're all good. No, uh, uh, it just brought to mind that. um boot to the face was it shinsuke took and he kicked out at one oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that's another no, thing no, and that, yeah and that was like a pretty like you know compare oh, that yeah. to like a young buck super kick where it's a little more posturing and it's like good to get the noise but like yeah. when someone gets hit they like you know don't fall backwards they kind of stay yeah. on their feet and, these were some you know. real shots and at one yeah. point when i think one of them had their head down at both times they were both just like slapping the back of the other person's head and kevin kelly's at one point like Somebody's going to get hurt here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go ahead, Ritter. When you started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. how long did it take you to get used to the fact that it's fucking silent and they golf clap? <laughs> See, that's a... Well, so the clapping is now they can't cheer with their mouths. So like the the, Os- or the Osprey Okada match, yeah, you'll hear those audible cheers, like when, but they're not allowed to. It's kind of sl- slowly getting relaxed. But the crowd is something that I love because it is so different. It is silent. They stay seated. They are respectful. They cheer when they're supposed to cheer. But my favorite is they ooh and ah, like, ooh. And like when you kind of get these big moments in a match, and I wish we had more of an epic one that did have the crowd noise now that I think about it. But like the crowds just, their minds are just blown and they're kind of going, oh. So when that crowd makes the noise, you know it's something truly special. Um, But I forgot to preface that, that the 2022 match they could only clap so that's why it's like that much more gratuitous that's just kind of how it's been since COVID. it was really fucking weird yeah sitting there watching these high spots and everything and just hearing yeah so that definitely took some getting used to because that was just kind of weird but like the crowd in general even pre-covid was always kind of silent but like as the match would go they'd get heated up heated up heated up heated up and then you know kind of into a frenzy yeah, so. yeah you're not gonna hear people chant stuff yeah yeah you know, there's no like, re- like, other yeah. than people's names typically yeah. like you'll hear oh god ah! oh god ah! yeah no no asshole or like what are the other ones or fuck this <laughs> holy or, shit yeah. Yeah. holy shit yeah fight forever fight forever yeah. <laughs> The worst no signs. No, that, 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 that's definitely the worst chance. Yeah, no I agree. signs. It's yeah, no just signs. a it's a completely different product, and it yeah. is presented, you know, more like sport. Mm-hmm. Uh the fight forever chant may as well mention at least the first one I can remember was during Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn from mm-hmm. NXT, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, first one, I probably in WWE mm-hmm. that I can remember. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one, period, that I think I remember. But but um anywho. You brought that up. Well, more so with the other match uh, from 
uh, the G1 climax, the only uncensored climax for, on Japanese TV. Um, <laughs> the sports bait, because like, Kevin Kelly was good. Again, I view him a certain way because of history, but uh, that was another weird thing for me was I felt like I was watching an MMA fight, listening to some of the, the commentators talking about these matches. Like, mm-hmm. there wasn't really any flavor like you not a great example but like you don't have anyone screaming puppies when peter gets ringside or anything like that like i got you you don't have a jerry lawler cracking jokes and or a heel commentator like really digging into who the bad guy in the match is or saying these bullet club guys are such assholes you know who was the best at that was don Callis. so he was their lead color commentator alongside kevin kelly for like two years and he was awesome because he would be a heel and be a prick and um you know would he was kind of like the old like jesse ventura or heenan kind of that type of role i'm not gonna say he was as good as those but like it was a breath of fresh air to new japan as well because he came right when i started watching in early 2017 and that made it easier for me to get into it because all the big shows were on english commentary and at that time you did kind of have more of that heel face commentary dynamic, but with Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton, you're absolutely right. It's just more, here's the facts, here's what's going on. And we're going to tell you what's, you know, how, how this is transpiring here, mm-hmm. but yeah, not really much storyline or narrative between the commentary team, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Bo, you got anything else to add here? Uh, on the match specifically, um, not particularly, I guess. I'm trying to think, like, if I noticed anything on commentary either. I don't know. I guess these guys, um, I don't know. Like, it's uh, different, I guess, without the whole um, narrative kind of, like, push, you know, from all that. And, I mean, kind of with New Japan, yeah, you're right. I almost, like, look at this more of a MMA-style thing. Yeah. You know, like, like we- you know, like, like, pretty much, like, without all the extra ring, you know, outside of the ring, like, stuff, like pageantry uh, narrative stuff you know like i like i like I, I don't even really like think of it other than just like oh yeah this person has this record against this person and these people are rivals yeah there's know? not a ton of pageantry here outside of like the entrances like right. nakamura of you know he had it and that's mm-hmm. his personality he hands it up he does the the vibration he had the crown on you know um but yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty cut and dry. But again, that's uh, what I've found myself gravitating more towards these days. But uh, Ritter, any final thoughts? To- oh, I actually did. What do you think of Abushi's uh, last ride? I know he he it got countered the first time, but that was a fucking bomb, if you ask me. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, look at dude. I as far as a wrestler goes, Dakota's Bushy. I was I was impressed. Like I, he's the fucking I, man. What's weird, I don't watch, so I don't know, but, like, it's weird to me to think, like, this guy team with Kenny Omega, they did the Golden Lovers thing, like, he's this, yet he's not at the top of the G1 facing Okada, like. So he became that. He made four straight finals mm -hmm. in the 2018, 19, 20, and 21, winning two of them. So this was kind of before his peak. Yeah, I just feel like you would see him or hear more about him that I have at least in recent memory, like where the fuck is the guy? So that's another thing recently. So he got hurt in the G one final last year against Okada separated his shoulder. They had to stop the match right then and there. It sucked. Then there was this whole scandal that's happened with him and it came out. Yakuza thing. 
Yes. That's so, him? Okay. Yeah. So it had come out that I guess uh, there or he, so Bushi's got, he's a little bit of a nut and has always kind of had some screws loose. So he like just shared text messages with this high up official at New Japan just put it out on Twitter for everyone to see all that, like his disagreements. And I guess it boiled down to him appearing on another company's show without new Japan's permission while he wasn't cleared by them yet. And then it was this whole thing. And then apparently his mother tried to commit suicide over it. And like, he has so much resentment towards new Japan because of that. So like, he's probably never going to be back in new Japan. Um, He's kind of had some teases on Twitter with Kenny. I could see him maybe showing up in AEW at some point, but after the suspension. Is yeah. Over. Yes. So yeah, that's why you haven't heard anything from him because he's just been gone, gone for a year. Hasn't been around. But before that he was having, he was my favorite wrestler in the world, 2018, 19, and probably into 20. Um, so yeah, he's the fucking man. And I hope we get to see him again soon somewhere, anywhere. Cause I miss him. I, I don't remember. Was this the match where they were doing tombstones or was it? That's Okada. Asuka. Okay. I will save my opinions for that then. All righty. Well, let's go into match two. A little bit of levity here. Um, and a quick one we have from the 2019 New Japan Cup second round Toriyano versus Colt Cabana in what is a straight up silly nonsense comedy match. Ritter, let's hear your name for Yano and uh, your initial thoughts. Honestly, I don't think it, it, his name does it all. It's Toro, you know. Um, <laughs> easy, easy peasy. I'm disappointed that someone with the name Toro doing a comedy spot didn't charge at Colt Cabana like a bull with his jacket. Mm. Um, listen, if. Shinsuke versus Dakota is bushy was Gianna Michaels and Manuel Ferrara. This was like watching Kim Kardashian and Ray J in their sex tape. Like (laughs) I get, I get that this probably in the span of the show for something that's so serious in MMA, like is a nice little bit of levity and a nice break. And during it, I may have appreciated like, okay, this is kind of fun now because there's a lot of stuff going on, but it was like, you made me sit down and watch three stooges. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, throwing curry in the crowd, and everyone's got tape shoved down their shit. And <laughs> this is this was not. It's for hilarious. Me. It was not for me. It was it was kind of charming, but not 15 minutes worth of it. Hey, it was like seven and a half, but. I trust me, I understand. That and was the one I watched first. I was like, are all these going to be like too. this? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, so well, oh, go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i misread his i i i don't know how but when he sent me the dms i misread them and i clicked on that and i'm like coke cabana's the epic match and i'm watching <laughs> this and i'm like no this has got to be the comedy there's no way this is what he said was an epic match that'd be pretty wild if it was i'd be pretty fucked up if i were the case but Bo, I know I've m- kind of mentioned. I don't think you've seen Yano before. Have no, you? yeah, but you you mentioned like he's like yeah, the pure. Comedy I knew you were guy. familiar yeah, with yeah, him, yeah, and then yeah. again, Colt Cabana. I just figured that's topical these days, and I knew you had never really seen him outside of AEW. So he's done a lot of comedy type shit like this. So yeah, yeah what do you think? Uh, you know, um, 
whenever I think you think of like an Orange Cassidy comedy match, you know, or like some other like, I mean, Orange Cassidy d- typically doesn't do pure comedy matches. You know, his matches are, you know, there'll be bits of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's done some comedy match, you know, like that's sort of like modern comedy movies. And I felt like with this, this, this was, I know you mentioned the three stooges, right? I felt like this was like Charlie Chaplin or like vaudeville or something yeah. like that in comparison, you know, just something that was, you know, that like, it, it, it was still like shot like a match and everything. It was just, you know, kind of them playing off each other in, like you said, that three stooges kind of way. That is know? a good, good way yeah. of putting it. It is very like old school. Yeah. Vaudeville trope type. Comedy yeah. 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 Slapstick, nonsense, you know, like, like him realizing that um, the, whatchamajivit, the pad. Yeah. It was tape. Buckle was like, tape. Yano, like a big I, lot of tape too. Yeah. Yano, like he just, his facial expressions and he just hollers like he, yeah. ah, ah, like it's, he's a hoot, but yeah. So the tape thing, that's a common thing he does is he'll pull tape out and tape people to like the guardrail outside and he'll win by count out or he'll oh. tape, tape people's legs together. So there was a match with Kenny in the 2017 G1 that like someone like Cornette shit all over, of course, because it was Yano and Kenny, both with their legs taped together, hopping around. Mm-hmm. But again, it's something completely different. It is a breath of fresh air during a show of serious, serious, serious. Yeah. Uh, and it is not for everyone, but um, yeah. So with this, I mean, it was right off the bat. Yano's hawking his DVDs. He's hawking his T-shirt. That's also his gimmick. Um, what he gave the gift, he gave it to Colt as a gift, and Colt threw it out in the crowd. He also he likes to take the corner pads off, as you saw. Um, and yeah, so we got the the taping of the corner pad, and he couldn't figure it out. And then took them off. They're swinging them at each other. And then I loved when it was, uh, they were throwing it back and forth. Huh, 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 huh. And then he throws it to Red Shoes. And then Colt's like, what the fuck? And then their little roll up there. Um, the moment when they were both kind of bouncing off the ropes together and looking at each other. This is just good fun here. Um, the only thing that popped me. Okay. And I also, so. 20 counts, not 10 counts outside of the ring. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was when Cole Cabana was trying to tape the turnbuckle <laughs> okay. pad and the ref was. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, slow down. Slow down. I'm like, that was the one thing that I was like, okay, that got me a little bit. But like, that Colt rolling good. back and forth and Toro just coming back and then throwing him in and then he rolls the other side. And shit. I'm like, dude, this is so Three Stooges. Like, wow. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I, like, also, like, it Colt, just feel like nose and ear twists away from it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I expected Colt to just like start going like this and get really mad, and yeah. But uh, also him folding his jacket at the beginning of the match and then just picking it up and chucking it. Yeah, like, spent all that time to fold his jacket just to throw it over his shoulder. Yep. <laughs> Ab- it was abject silliness, mm-hmm. unabashed. Yeah, um, the. the uh... Uh, the slow down part was genius. Uh, and what about the finish? I mean, he kind of ducked Yano against the ropes. Colt ducks down. Like, what do they call that when you fall over someone? Isn't there like a name for that? Something like a chair? I don't know. But he was down. Yano bounced off the ropes, fell over him. And then Colt then launched and jumps and catches his legs and 
gets the three count. What'd you think of that? Nice jackknife pin. I I mean, I've seen Colt do that pin before. I think that's one of his things. It is. It is. Yeah. You got to remember, Colt Cabana's from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I am true somewhat familiar with cole Cabana. i knew Bo. i knew Bo wasn't really outside oh of yeah no 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 I saw, I saw i saw his um stars is like the red stars yeah. like on the flag so you know very similar to i guess like i guess has cm punk always sort of you know paraded around the chicago flag a whole lot oh yeah like yeah. in wwe and stuff so they it's were... not just an AEW thing yeah. Before CM Punk got mad and called him out for sharing a bank account with his mother, they actually were in a tag team called the Second City Saints, and they were yeah. best friends. So yeah. their whole gimmick was, we're both from Chicago, and this is our deal. And now Punk hates him so fucking much, it cost, it cost him his career. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, anything else here? I mean, this one obviously was uh, short, dumb, fun, or not. But, uh, you know, when this happened, though, too, like watching this live and like, you know, I was into the New Japan Cup. I always am, of course, like this match like happening was like, OK, this ought to be interesting. And then to see it like for me at the time, I loved it because it was so different, and unique. Uh, but yeah, again, out of context, these are all completely different for sure. But hey, that's what we're doing. So. Here. What is the difference between the New Japan Cup, the best of the Super Dupers, and the G1 Climax? New Japan Cup is a single elimination tournament. It used to be like 16, but now it's grown to like, I think there were like 40-something people in it this year, but just single elimination. And then you get a title shot at like their big spring show. One of the ICUP titles or (laughs) the ICUP title. ICPU uh, Heavyweight Championship, yeah. Hungry Man. I see, I see you pee, Hungry Man Championship. And then the best of the super dupers is the junior version of the G1. So similarly, so it's, it's midgets, little people. <laughs> no, just guys that are say, like it's under, adolescence. Under, it's adolescence. Yeah, it's kids. Yeah, middle is schoolers. the UW pod eligible for this? <laughs> Absolutely, he is. He's he's a textbook junior. I was going to say, he is my favorite super duper. Yeah, he's a favorite super duper of all of ours for sure. He's going to but... hate me so much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's similarly split into two blocks, round robin, and the winners of each block face in the finals for a title shot, usually at Dominion, which is the big summer show. And then the G1 Climax, same format, winner gets the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. So okay. yeah, they love their tournaments and uh, I love them too. So, and they mean so much more than like all these, like the Owen Hart Cup. Which yeah. was just a complete waste of time and has well, meant. Well, what do you mean they got really cool belts that they never had to defend? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What happened? What happened with that? Did that just kind of get waved away? Or just you know? Yep. Wow. They tributed Owen Hart. They're putting him in the video game if it ever comes out. And Britt and Adam got really cool belts to hang on there. That see, like my thing, I've never understood having a cup be like um, NXT UK did this, where they had the Heritage Cup. Mm-hmm. I understand defending belts. I don't understand defending cups. And if yeah. you do, I feel like you have a cup once a year, and then maybe the winner of the tournament faces last year's cup winner mm. or something like that. Yeah. You know, but defending a cup once a month, every couple of weeks, it does not make sense to me. I agree. Yeah. And like the New Japan Cup isn't defended. It's just, hey, you win, you get this cool trophy, and you get to challenge for the belt next year now they would they do sometimes defend like when you win the g1 
you win the right to challenge at Wrestle Kingdom, but that's usually defended at least once or twice. And it had never been lost until Jay White beat Dakota's Bushy a couple years ago, actually. So it was like 0 and 14 was the challenger until Jay White beat Coda. But Coda got the last laugh at Wrestle Kingdom. So that, that, that's Swiss cheese, man. Always hit you. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's go into our final match, which uh, could get interesting because this is my favorite match of the year this year, and that is the G1 Climax Final between Kazuchi Uganda, Kazuchika Okada, and <laughs> Will Ospreay. Ritter, take it away. <clears throat> um, I thought the match was over before it began because they got their flowers. I was like, oh, okay, so we've, they've already got their flowers. We're oh, going to yeah. go. yeah. When he sent me this and I opened it up, like I watched one, it was 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, not bad. I opened this one up. It's an hour and 14. I'm like, <laughs> I've never watched New Japan before. And you want me to sit down and watch an hey, hour? Like, the match is match? only 35. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's yeah. fair. Well, what's that whole thing up? Was it the whole show? Well, no, there's a lot of shit after. There's post-match promo. There was oh, a video like package press conference. before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But real quick, the flowers were presented by julia and Suri of stardom uh and they're and you probably have heard me talk gush about stardom i fucking love it they're doing a joint new japan show with new japan later this fall pretty much the two top stars of stardom there with two of the top stars of new japan so that was just a cool little thing but yeah they got their flowers to start um this match started really slow for me like really fucking slow there was a lot of rest holds and I was waiting for it to pick up. I will say I did appreciate how the the commentators brought up how Osprey training with his mentor and the leader of the United Empire, the great Okan, the greatest wrestler in New Japan history, um, has taught him to look for all of the people who have beaten Okada in the past and throughout the match use yes. the finishers that have yes. beaten Okada. That's what so they're they... not your finishers, so why did you think you'd win? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, Rainmaker, not what I thought it was going to be. I don't know why. I just did. Everyone talks about the Rainmaker, so I'm expecting something like the one wing. I was not expecting a Lariat. Yeah. As a finisher. Yeah. Was not. Hey, spinning Um, Lariat. Yeah. (laughs) But no, yeah. If if you, you, (laughs) I can't talk. Had you ever seen seen an Okada match? Um, No, because I think the only one he had in AEW was at a pay per view that I did not actually rent. Or buy, yeah. What did you didn't you have a name for forbidden door? Forbidden no, back forbidden door. door. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's low hanging fruit, even for me. Yeah. You know, everyone made that joke. I'm not trying to go with the crowd on that one, but uh you know, I did not uh I did not catch Forbidden Door, so I did not see Okada's match. So this is the first time I've seen Okada wrestle. And like I said, I constantly confused him with Dakota's Bushy. So um the ending was great. Like when everything picked up, it got so much better. I will say, and I've said this about the Bucks, and no one should be doing the Tombstone Pile Driver but the Undertaker. And once he retired, it should have gone. That move should have gone up on a wall, like a jersey. <laughs> let alone these guys. Like no, Okada I, I has like Okada has done it for a while. You so he'll do a regular, but when he hits the spinning Tombstone as he did in this one, he didn't even hit the regular. That's often like the prelude to the Rainmaker, but. Yeah, I respect your opinion for sure, but uh, hey, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the match 
Oh, real quick, Bo, before I get to you, it sure. starts off the first like five, well, maybe three minutes house of fire. They go right at each other. They go for their finishers right away. You know, they kind of scrap. It gets outside a couple DDTs on the floor, but it does kind of slow down for a bit. I do agree. But for me, you know, that's kind of all part of it. And I do love the in-ring work, so I can kind of sink into that. Is it the most exciting? Not all the time, but in this, it was building towards something for sure. But, um, uh, Bo, what did you think? Yeah. Um, kind of to go back for what I first said, I kind of expected something a little bit, a little bit faster considering, you know, what I've seen previously from these wrestlers. And again, yeah, it was much more of a, like a ground, like taking hits and, uh, you know, just much more of a, mat based sort of more terrestrial kind of thing you know and sure they were like the big spots you know like osprey's sort of classic like big twisty flip thing yeah um out, out of the ring uh onto the mat big um, twisty flip i'm trying big, to big twisty flip you know i'm thinking of <laughs> i'm thinking of you know like smarties the candy how they're like twisted like that on the ends it's like that yeah. but uh anywho uh yeah um that uh you know and then like kind of there you know i feel like when it slowed down it became sort of like a near fall sort of city. I feel like it, it, it became that really fast. And again, like it just had much more of a, a bruising kind of presence than I would normally expect out of those guys, which surprised me, but, uh, but I was into it for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, um, you know, it starts off pretty insane right out of the gate and then, yeah, it does kind of slow down for a little bit, but once it kind of picks up, uh, the 20 minute mark I noted here and I for me it picks up before that but I think it really gets going um, when they get out onto the apron and it ends up uh, I suck today talking and Osprey ends up hitting him with the os cutter on the apron mm -hmm. but an interesting thing on that did you notice that like Osprey takes that whole bump himself mm -hmm. like that had to be brutal for him mm -hmm. um but and then it kind of really gets going from there. We get all the os cutters. That's when he starts doing. He's already done the first phenomenal forearm, which was AJ Styles' move. Then he hits the second one from behind, and then a lot of the counters start happening. So I I'm a sucker for like just smooth counter wrestling, and these two did it and always do it so fucking well. Um, just you know, the Rainmaker gets countered, the Stormbreaker gets countered. There's a Spanish fly countering from a rainmaker. Um, it's just that type of shit just really gets me off all the time. But uh, he finally hammered him with the hidden blade from behind and Okada kicked out. And that's when he really got desperate. And he used the um, what was it? The phenomenal form again. And then the styles clash. Oh, no, it was the high fly flow from Tanahashi. The styles clash from AJ Styles, the V trigger and the attempted one winged angel Ritter. Tamagotchi, that's another name I hear a lot. And so Mr. Warren Hayes <laughs> is Tamagotchi. Yeah. 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 Ta Tanahashi. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like like the Giga, like the Giga Pet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knockoff. Yes. Yeah. Like the Pet. Tamagotchi was the originator of all of this whole me mispronouncing things. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. yeah. So that um, makes sense. But that was one thing I did appreciate about this is like I hear people talk about New Japan. I hear them talk about, you know, all these moves, the 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 hi-fi blows and the uh uchi kuchi gamis and all this stuff but i don't know what they're talking about like you hear it but i don't so i got to see it yeah and i was like okay that's what they're talking about that's what they mean that's tamagotchi's finisher 
it's Hidden high blade. fly flow is essentially a, a frog splash but yeah. like you got this osprey he's just gets so high up and he's just a freak but yeah sorry the hidden blade is that kind of big elbow is that an osprey move or is that a swiss cheese move that's because, osprey okay because i uh, i think that a move with blade in it would come from a guy who has blade in his name <laughs> yeah well he has the blade runner yeah you mean the sister abigail yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait it's swiss cheese Okay, I get it. Yeah, switch blade. Swiss cheese stays white. Swiss cheese. Stays See, that's why I said it's not just. It's not. Yeah, just I had. I don't think I'd heard that one. And you referenced Swiss cheese earlier, and I didn't know who the fuck you were talking yeah. about. Swiss cheese stays white. Um, but yeah, I just love the when all this starts happening, and then he counters the one winged angel into the landslide, which is kind of like a version of a Michinoku driver. And then he hits the full throttle rainmaker. So where he has him, like with the back to him, spit spins, catches him, and hits it. Because he'd hit the spinner and kind of just the standing rainmaker, but that full throttle one, that's that's mm-hmm. the finishing blow. Osprey kicks out. And now we're in kind of like, okay, what the fuck's gonna happen territory? And this is like the parts for me when you get that kick out of the big finisher where it's like, all right, all bets are off now. Um, and then it was basically just, you know, Okada continually trying to get that Rainmaker, maintaining the wrist control. That was when Osprey, you know, countered the one into the Spanish fly, that backwards flipping move. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And then they're on their knees, just hammering each other with everything they got. Um, they finally get up. Okada ends up collapsing. They get up again. Hook kick from Osprey. We're getting down the stretch. He kind of throws him into a pop-up uppercut. And then uh, Okada counters him into what I have, just a twisting, insane flosion, and finally hits him with the emphatic Rainmaker. God, I couldn't even get this out. But, uh, yeah, an insane final 15 minutes for sure. I am ob- I was obviously locked He's, in the whole yeah, time. Yeah, there are about 20 moves, like, like 20 Yeah, that's, like, the, kind of the action gets so fast, up there, like, yeah. I can't even write it down. Any, like, I different even... kind of moves that weren't just, like, a general suplex or a, Yeah, like that you know, flurry, the flurry at the end, Ritter, with all the counters and flip-flopping. Oh, yeah, it was great. Like, that's what really makes me come all the time. So, and again, so the much back- so that you can't get words out. Yeah, I thought it was me. I thought maybe I had you tongue tied (laughs) because I'm so attracted. Like, you've got Johnny Depp on one side, and then you know, uh, fucking Action Bronson over here. You just don't know what to do. I don't. I don't. You should see my drawers right now. They're just sopping. Yeah. But yeah. Um. And again, knowing the backstory, I'm. I need some water. Is their first match or? Their second match of the year, their first one at Wrestle Kingdom was my match of the year before this. So you said earlier, like when you see Osprey, to you, like it's not anything new. But like I think he's just kind of like AJ Styles to me. One thing that always stood out with him, even before he went to WWE, is just like how he contorts his body is just different than everyone else. It's like when he does a backdrop, like just the way he moves his body. Sorry, what do you got? Well, yes, but I've seen neville who for me that was the first guy i ever saw who contorted his body in a way that i was like oh my god this is amazing yeah so i had neville i had ricochet yeah so i see those guys and then he comes along and it's like okay so you can fly like like i'm not saying so first off i want to clear up something for everyone there are two people out of 
pure respect in New Japan whose names I do not uh, mess up. And one is the great Okan because he's the greatest wrestler in New Japan history. And the other is Tamatanga because I'm fucking terrified of him. And if I don't ever want him to even think I said something bad about him because if he finds me, he'd kill me. Um, however, uh, due to the fact that the United Empire is under the reign of the great Okan, um, everyone in his little faction also gets that respect, which is why I call him Osprey. But when I see Osprey, I'm like, okay, so I'm not saying he's not good. He's good. He's really good. He's as good as some of my favorite guys who do that stuff, but he's not showing me anything that's like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. My mind is blown because they talk about, oh, he, you know, greatest wrestler in the world right now. And it's like, again, I've seen Seth Rollins put on matches as good as what I've seen from him or any of these other guys I've seen, you know, depending on the style of match you like, like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I talked about early NXT from takeovers and stuff like Tyler Bate and uh, Pete Dunn, like yeah, very different wrestling style, fantastic matches. And this is all on par with that, but I don't think it's better than anything I've ever seen in American wrestling at this point. No, that's totally fair. Uh, yeah. They are like old NXT was as close to new Japan as anything. I mean, yeah. in terms of the match quality and what they would do in the matches, Seeing Osprey's growth too, from when he was 180 pounds soaking wet to what he is now, and he's still able to do those crazy high flying moves plus all the power moves, and I think he just has a little more oomph to it than anyone else. Yeah. Like, it's kind of intangible. He seems very emblematic of that more acrobatic style of wrestling, you know, that some people kind of tend like, you know, like um, that some people like to always liken to gymnastics or something yeah, like that. Like, but I think he's, yeah. he's transcended that yeah. now. Like yeah. that's what he started doing, mm. but he's still got that but, in him for but, sure. But he seems like kind of the, the, like the poster child for all that, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of like the, the one who is kind of most representative and emblematic of it. And I think that's, you know, like, I guess we can't compare like vertical leaps or anything like that between, you know, him versus, you know, anyone else who does yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. Regarding Rollins, of course, His he's, form. he's yeah. unbelievable. I, I've said it for years. I would love to see Rollins in a new Japan ring because he is, from a straight wrestling standpoint, pretty much as good as anyone out there. But he can't wrestle that style with the, like, I'd love to see him do more of the hard strikes and just kind of more. He can't wrestle it or he doesn't because they don't let him where he's at because there is very much a WWE style. That's what I meant. Not that he can't physically do it. He can't because he wrestles the WWE style. That's what I mean. That's why for me, when you talk about greatest wrestler in the world and everyone's like, oh, it's Will Ospreay or oh, it's Okada or whoever. Like for me, I look at Seth Rollins because I'm like, Seth can go like these guys can go but also his character work and personality is on another level these guys from what i've seen because like you said it's not their style it's not what they do over there haven't been able to touch yeah so he has all of that plus that other factor that i really enjoy about wrestling so when all these arguments go on everyone's like oh well i'm like no i'm on the seth rollins side plus also he's been stomping matt riddle's face into a mat for months and that (laughs) does it for me um yeah i mean great point and osprey is someone who i frankly didn't really like like character wise for his first few years i thought he oversold he would basically sell by screaming um again he could do anything and everything in the ring but he's developed and again you 
have only seen him in bits and pieces, so you wouldn't really know, but I've been on that journey and to see him from, like I said, 2016 to now, it's just unbelievable. And now like, not only do I think he's the best wrestler, like he's actually like become one of my favorites. And I never thought I would have said that. Cause I would all, he used to just kind of piss me off, like just kind of annoy me with his personality. Uh, but ever since he got in the United empire, let's call it the great Ocon fact. Um, I don't know. He's really put it all together. Like even in 2019, I was saying like in ring, he was the best wrestler in the world that year. And now I think he's kind of the complete package. Um, I remember. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I'd love to see fucking Seth Rollins versus Will Ospreay one day, but. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I guess like the back that I remember, I think the first time I saw him was that if you recall with him and Archer. Oh, yeah. It was a G1 G1 thing, right? And I remember how you introduced him. You're like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of a douche. You know, kind of like that punchable face sort of, you know, um, demeanor that 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 whole sort of thing um, is him. But, yeah, you know, I think of him a lot more than that now, even though he's always sort of been a heel guy. Right. You know, he was more of a baby face back then, but he's definitely been more of a heel the last couple of years. But in this match, he wasn't real. You know, Mm -hmm. Okada kind of worked more. uh, You heard Kevin Kelly call him the final boss at one point. Like he was kind of working the heel and the crowd was really getting behind Osprey to the point where he was kind of the underdog and kind of the fan favorite. So, um, you know, people wanted to see Osprey win that match despite kind of being a shithead heel still. So that's another cool thing about New Japan I like is like the heel face dynamic is almost different depending on the match, you know, just kind of what the story within that match is. And like I said, he was one and six against Okada, and the only win was with the help of your boy, Great Okan, when he debuted in the 2020 G1. So he's yet to get that clean win, Okada, against Okada on the big stage. He fails again, devastating. It's going to happen. It might take another year plus, but when it does happen, it's going to be fucking awesome. Katsukushi wishes that he was making me sad no more. <laughs> <laughs> Mako Miko Satomura, yes, another one. Of the my final favorite. boss. Yeah, <laughs> make me sad no more. So, this was so much fun. Uh, love hearing a different perspective from the both of you. Obviously, Bo, you know, everyone knows who listens to this show is just kind of coming from the cold two years ago and pretty much watches what I tell him to watch. And he's got a Sorry. very <laughs> different and unique perspective. And Ritter, a obviously a huge wrestling fan but not a fan of the fiction. I was actually going to call this uh, show New Japan Fiction because I thought that was pretty good. But uh, um, I think it... <laughs> No, I like that. Uh, I, what I want to say was, for everyone listening, just realize that it took Antonio Inoki dying for me to have to sit down and watch three New Japan matches. So, <laughs> Yeah, this wasn't planned beforehand at all. No, at all. <laughs> Did... Do you have? I know that this is all in respect, but do you have a name for Antonio Inoki? No, and I'm not going to do that. Okay. I, I can't do that. No. He'd, yeah, because like he'd get you from the grave. Not just that, but like this absolute definition of too soon. Like it was yeah. two days ago. Like <laughs> I can't do that. I had to give it a shot. Um, but no, this was a blast. Um, Bo, before we kind of turn it over to Ritter to kind of plug his stuff, uh, any final thoughts from you just kind of on these matches or anything you gleaned about Antonio Inoki or, uh, just anything you want to get off that, uh, pretty little chest? 
My pretty little chess. <laughs> um. Well, today's episode is also sponsored by True Classic. Yes, we uh, have uh, entered our partnership with them beyond the trial. So let's talk about t-shirts, huh? Dingling. Uh, yeah, finding that perfect fitting t-shirt can be just terrible. I swear, the thing is either way too tight, has a case of bacon neck, or is just big and boxy, you know? You know, I've been like, now that they mentioned bacon neck, like, I've been, like, the shirts that I pull out, like, yeah. that have that freight thing, I'm like, oh, it's bacon neck. Yep, B it's the BN. Yeah. Well, good thing True Classic wants to make every man and woman feel good and look good. Tighter fit in the chest and sleeves to make your arms pop. Room in the torso to keep things cozy. <laughs> cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, all their styles are super soft and at a great price for what you're getting. They really are. I typically have just been wearing mine around the house, but you could also wear it out. You know, it's just, just good stuff. Um, yes. So yeah, get rid of those ratty t-shirts you've been hanging on to. It's ready to, uh, it's time to upgrade. I can't talk today, but we have an exclusive deal for our listeners and we want to hook you up with some true classic tees. And for a limited time, you can get 25% off with the code BBB at trueclassic.com. Beaumont, tell them more. Did you know that almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type? No. You know, the whole small, medium, large, extra large, <laughs> that whole thing? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, typically you think the skinny models of the six packs and stuff, but most of us aren't usually packing anything but a, but a few beers, you know, like 12. And there's nothing wrong with that, maybe. My dudes, it's simple. You're wearing the wrong clothes. Not drinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True Classic tees taper off toward the bottom. That's a lot of tees, but they fit tighter around the chest, which they do, and shoulders. They're very nicely fitted around that upper part of your body. Absolutely. Um, and you can throw that thing on with confidence, knowing that True Classic's got your bases covered. And they're more than just a t-shirt company. Um, any sort of casual menswear staples you can need, things like mm. polos, workout shirts with that same flattering fit, things like boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable mm. um and they make it really easy to build out your wardrobe they have a pack builder on their website where you can mm. custom bundle all their essential products and then save even more on the discount we're offering you today which is pretty nutty mm -hmm. um, and then for the big boys out there that we have long body options for the tall guys and that's to, me up to triple xl on the staple cars also yeah the she hulk wanted to buy a shirt from that and uh, yeah, <laughs> probably be her too um skinny dudes big dudes buff dudes my dudes dudes True Classic has you covered. Get comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> get comfortable, get going, and upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code BBB. Free shipping included on purchases over $100 and 100% risk-free guarantee with 30-day return policy. True Classic. When you look good, you feel good. All righty. Yep. Final thoughts, plug whatever you want to plug, and uh, we'll get you out of here. I I enjoyed two of the matches. Um, Shinsuke, more than this uh, G1 Climax. Like I said, it got a little slow in the middle for me. Sure. I do, like, I always say I like the storytelling, and Warren corrects me. He's like, well, they do have, and they do have in-ring storytelling. And like we talked about 
all of the finishers trying to beat him with all the moves yep. that have, there is ring storytelling and a lot of that was fantastic um so i am not opposed should anyone else want to force me to sit down and watch new japan to possibly <laughs> do this again okay um, okay if you enjoyed what i brought to the brain buster boys uh you my name is Nick Dieterding. You can follow me <laughs> at the UW pot. No, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, I did give Nick nice. a lot of shit. I love Nick. <laughs> Nick is one of the greatest. He's the fucking man. Interviewers uh, out there doing it right now. You guys should definitely go check him out. He may be 5'4 in actual height, but he is 6'11 in my mind and stature when it comes to doing podcasting and everything. Yeah, so go real, check Nick out. real quick, I just want to put over his interview with Davey Richards from last week. It was outstanding. Um, Davy Richards seems just like such a great dude with a great philosophy on life who seems like he's just in a good place right now. And yeah, Nick and his new co-host Keith did a great job with that. And, uh, yeah, this is also the UW pod. I, I'm not sure about juicy yet. He's got pictures of him and Matt real drinking together. So that's a whole nother thing. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> you guys can follow me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That makes T-R-I-D-D-R on Twitter only. Also, what used to be Smackin' Raw Pod is now the home of our new horror podcast because I actually love horror movies more than I love wrestling, and I've been waiting to do this for a while. So you can come check out Getting Offed. The very first episode will be this Tuesday live. Yes, Getting Offed. I had, to, I had to keep... Uh, yeah. No, that's really minute. good. Yeah. Uh, we'll be live this Tuesday, uh, probably about half an hour after NXT goes off. We will be talking all things Chucky, including Chucky Season 1, leading into the Season 2 premiere the next night. So uh, if you guys are interested in that, come check us out. We'll be live on Twitch and on YouTube. Uh, Creation World is the banner in which the Smack and Raw podcast exists. And you can follow them at creationworld.com on Twitter and Instagram at it's creation world, I T S C R E A T I A world, and facebook.com slash creation world. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Smack and Raw. There you go. We'll have to get uh, my roommate slash our landlord uh, on that because he's a big horror movie fan yeah. to the point where we even invented a fake podcast for him during. Did you <laughs> listen to any of the Greg Goldman Hour episodes? Mars. I don't think so. Okay, so we basically had like a show within a show, and we would have guests. But Greg like, so- Goldman, you, I know you mentioned it because it's that name specifically sounds. Yeah, it triggered something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you may have seen the real ones. Post. Yeah, it's because it was a real person. That it we still is, right? Based- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's still alive. Uh, anywho, so we would have Greg interview guests on his show. So we had like I played Jim Cornette, and he got into it with Cornette. We had one of our friends play Ryback, and he would the interview would always just turn into a shit show. But we had my roommate come on as himself because he's it was halloween season we said it was from the Leadenism horror podcast because his name's lee and he commits acts of hedonism so Leadenism. very nice um one i'll tell him to check you guys out and two maybe uh he could get on there because he fucking loves horror movies he's gotten me into more horror movies uh return of the living dead is one that i've loved cabin mm-hmm. in the woods is one that oh, i've cabin loved is fantastic and we've watched a million just shit dog shit horror movies that i also just really love i could probably rattle a bunch off but now's not the time to do that but again thank you so much you'll have to have Bo on your show now since oh, absolutely uh, now i've gotten to do it and uh let's do it yeah we'll I do can that be, i can be a pervert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't tell from looking at you at all <laughs> and on that note